up, everybody? How you doing? It's Mark K. And man, I'll tell. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know. I don't even know where to begin today. I don't even know. It's like I don't even need to do any talking today. I just need to. I just need to give you the phone number. Oh, I should probably do that. <laughs> Let me start with that. The phone lines are open right now. 844-436-6275. And holy cow, with the press conference. I mean, I I can't tell. I've never in my life seen anything like it. Those of you that saw the video uh, recap I did, the uh, the Donald Trump press conference in three minutes, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Those of you who saw the actual press conference, we lived through it together. And man, I'll tell you, it you'll you may never see. I, here's what's going to happen: either you'll never see anything like that again, or you'll see something like that every month for the next eight years. It's going to be it's going to be one it's going to be one or the other. But listen, I appreciate you being here today. Uh here's what we're going to talk about. First of all, the Donald Trump press conference and we are going to get your reactions uh from that Donald Trump press conference. Uh, you can uh, go ahead and call in right now. Like I said, I've already opened up the lines early today. 844-436 Mark 844-436-6275. Oh yeah, first things first, by the way, before we dive into the topics and I bring you all the highlights and things and the lowlights, if you would please just take a minute to share this post. It's Friday. It's, uh, oh, I don't know if you know this, but today is Pay It Forward Day. It's a random act of kindness day. If you go on Twitter, you'll see hashtag random act of kindness. So as a random act of kindness to me, perhaps you wouldn't mind sharing this post uh, with all your your friends and family members so that they can enjoy it too. If you're listening to the podcast, that's great. Just uh, clip this, put it in an email, put it on Twitter, retweet, whatever whatever methods you, you do. You know, Donald Trump isn't the only one that gets attacked by the media. There's another parallel. In fact, it's really kind of, I was, I was reading the paper the other day. And by reading the paper, I mean, I was online because nobody reads the, <laughs> nobody reads the papers anymore. Uh, but I was, I was uh, following a couple of stories. One of them was about Donald Trump. And one of them was about PewDiePie or PewDiePie, as uh, he likes to call himself. If you don't know who PewDiePie is, where you've been for the last three years. Also, don't worry, I'll tell you, but the two of them are living parallel lives. It's uncanny. They could be twins. They could be separated at birth. What Donald Trump is going through right now as president and what PewDiePie is going through right now as, well, I guess as PewDiePie, uh, are, I mean, it's it's a very similar, uh, it's a very similar uh, plot line. And we'll cover all those in depth. But first, you know, we just kind of, we just got to start I mean, we're just going to start with, 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 uh, with. You know, why don't we start with Bill O'Reilly? Because I think he described this press conference uh, better than anyone else did. Amazing press conference with President Trump today. Very long, very blunt. Long and blunt. That's also the best way to describe my head. In fact, I thought he was describing my head at first when he said long and blunt. But no, it was long. It was super long. It was an hour and a half. And it was Donald Trump basically browbeating the press. It was less of a press conference and more of a celebrity roast of the press starring your host, Donald Trump. Because from the get-go, he walked out and started saying, here's why I'm here. I'm here because I've accomplished, first of all, uh, this dude Acosta is going to be the new nominee in place of Pudzer who had to leave because... Let's face it, he was a putzer. Uh, and and so that that's where it started. Then he went through all the other accomplishments, said, I've done more in this short time as president than any president in history. And then he launched into how dishonest the press was and how you won't hear it in the press because uh, they're out of control, was a direct quote. And again, I just didn't have time to pull every single clip and quote that I wanted to uh, because this isn't my real job. 
I don't, in fact, this isn't even a job. This is just for fun. But, but I just, I, I wanted to pull every single clip. I just didn't have the, uh, the time to do it. So, so basically that's kind of, that's kind of where we started. Donald Trump comes out, he talks about his accomplishments and then he goes in and he says, Hey, it's, uh, it's the press's fault. The press is out of control. It's, it's, he says, uh, he says exactly, uh, what everyone's thinking, which is the American public no longer, no longer believes you. And he says, you're doing a disservice to the American public by not reporting the facts. We have to do something about it. So that takes about 30 minutes or so. And then of course he launches into questions, but I mean, question after question after question. People asking questions about Russia like five bajillion times. People asking questions about the leaks like five bajillion times. People asking the same questions over and over again. What did you know about Flynn? When did you know it? Yada, yada, yada. They asked him questions about, I mean, whatever their personal agenda was, whatever their personal agenda was, they were ready and willing and able to question it. Now, the interesting thing is that Donald Trump stood there and took every question gave follow-ups, he answered every question, he bantered back and forth with the press, he held nothing back, He there was nothing but transparency. I mean, there was 100% transparency. Even things that weren't true that came out of his mouth, which the press was more than happy to point out, it, it was right, he didn't care. He wasn't mincing his words, he wasn't being politically correct at all, he was being Donald Trump. He was giving the people uh, what they needed, which was a dose of their president as a real person. And the reason he did it was interesting. The reason he did it was because of all this negative publicity. And it's ironic to me that after the press conference, that's exactly what the press uh, honed in on. His whole entire reasoning for doing this press conference. Listen to this. This is this is really interesting. One of the things Donald Trump mentioned was that after this press conference, and you know, in the headlines tomorrow, it's going to be Donald Trump is ranting and raving. Donald Trump is 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 going crazy. Donald Trump rants and raves at the at the press for like an hour and a half. He said that much like he called the final score of the Super Bowl Patriots by six. He claimed that the next day the press was going to be all over him for this press conference, and it wasn't even the next day. It was within minutes after he finished. Listen to this. Hopefully, let me know if you can hear this. Hopefully you have sound for this. This is Jake Tapper on CNN immediately after the president spoke. It was a wild press conference. It was unhinged. It was wild. And I can't believe that there are Republicans and on Capitol Hill and in the White House who don't understand that might play well with the 44% of the population that voted for the president. But a lot of Americans are going to watch that press conference and think, that guy is not focused on me. I don't even know what he's focused on. They don't know what he's focused on. They don't. It, it was wild. It was unhinged. It was wild. Republicans, so many of them in Congress, don't understand what he was focused on. And Americans at home don't understand what President Trump was focused on in that press conference. That was, that was Jake Tapper. But then he went on. And he went on. And I want you to listen to this clip very carefully, because this is something that Donald Trump also alluded to. And the fact that CNN brings it up almost immediately is almost proving the point that Donald Trump was supposed to, or trying to make in his press conference. Listen carefully. If you are a, a soldier in harm's way right now, if you are a, a hungry child in Appalachia or the inner city, if you are an unemployed worker in a hollow shell of a steel town, that's not a president who seemed rather focused on your particular needs and wants. That's a president focused on his bad press. 
His, he's more concerned about his bad press. If you're a soldier in harm's way, if you're a hungry child in Appalachia or the urban in, inner city, if you're in one of those Rust Belt towns and voted for Donald Trump and you're worried about your job or where your, your future income is going to come from, you don't care about anything that's going on. All You, you don't care that Donald Trump's up there uh, and not seemingly caring about anything else but his bad press. And this is... This is the exact reason why Donald Trump woke up and decided to hold a press conference because of all his bad press. Sean Spicer couldn't stop it. Kellyanne Conway couldn't stop it. Uh, what's the name? Stevens couldn't stop. Nobody could stop this thing except for Donald Trump. Donald Trump knew that if he was going to put an end to all of these stories, all of these distractions, everything coming out in the media about Russia and about General Flynn and about everything else, what did he need to do? He needed to get out there himself and he needed to bring the Trump. He needed to bring the Trump hardcore and heavy. And he did. And he did exactly what he set out to do. He changed the story. He changed the tone. And it was a genius move. It was a genius move. And it was something that everyone was focused. Look at look at Morning Joe again. Listen to Morning Joe. Joe Scarborough this morning was talking about this press conference as well, of course. And he mentions how apparently he calls a lot of uh, Trump supporters all the time. Anyone who voted for Trump, he's calling them constantly. He's got apparently as he gets off of TV, he sits down. He just is is cold calling Trump supporters, and he asks them every time Donald Trump does something or every time something goes wrong for Donald Trump, he asks them, "What do you think now? Are you still a supporter? Are you still a fan? What about that executive order? How'd that go for you? Are you are you, are you do you do you uh, do you take back your vote yet?" Are you getting buyer's remorse? This is what he does. He collects information. And here's what he claims he's hearing now from Trump supporters uh, that he that he phones, you know, uh, for uh, for kicks. I really like what he's trying to do. And I like that he's shaking things up. I just wish he would stop with all of And they call them distractions. Yeah. They don't call them lies. They don't call right, them right, this. Right. They don't call them that. I just wish he'd stop with all the distractions. And I had one guy that I talked about the other day that said, I just wish he'd shut up and work. Shut up and work. That is his message to Donald Trump. Your supporters want you to shut up and work. They're sick and tired of the tweets. They're sick and tired of the lies. They're sick and tired of the rhetoric. They're sick and tired of these one and a half hour press conferences. I saw one reporter tweet yesterday, didn't the president of the United States have anything else to do today other than talk to the press? And, the, and this would be a great statement if, however, Donald Trump were just doing this willy-nilly. If Donald Trump didn't wasn't pressured into answering questions that were it's it's kind of hypocritical to me because for three days in a row Donald Trump was in front of the press uh, with Benjamin Netanyahu with the Japanese Prime Minister there was another reason he had a press conference and he didn't take questions about General Flynn he didn't take questions about Russia he didn't take questions uh, and remember it was we talked about it yesterday town hall media a great organization got to ask a question Cons uh, Christian broadcasting got to ask a question CNN ABC NBC MSNBC Fox News everyone else was shut out the Washington Post the New York Times they didn't get to answer any questions and they were so ticked off and they were mad man they were furious all they reported on was how Donald Trump was ducking the important questions and Donald Trump was handpicking reporters. That was just yet. It was yesterday. That's what we discussed yesterday. So here comes Donald Trump. He says, here I am. He called on everybody you could possibly think of. Every reporter that you know by name and a whole bunch that we never even saw in our lives. He called on each one of them and he answered the questions they wanted him to. And now they're saying, what's wrong with you? Get to work. <laughs> 
Now they're saying, why are you ranting and raving? Shut up and work. Answer our questions. Okay, let me talk to you about that. Shut up and work. It would drive me mad too, man. It would drive me crazy. And Donald Trump again mentioned that. He mentioned, I don't know if it's like clairvoyance or what, but he mentioned it in the press conference when he talked about Reince Priebus. How uh, Reince Priebus, White House Chief of Staff, is trying to work, but he spends his time putting out all of these fires that are created by who? The press. We are running, this is a fine-tuned machine. And Reince happens to be doing a good job, but half of his job is putting out lies by the press. You know, I said to him yesterday, they, you know, this whole Russia scam that you guys are building so that you don't talk about the real subject, which is illegal leaks. But I watched him yesterday working so hard to try and get that story proper. And I'm saying, here's my chief of staff. He's working so hard just putting out fires that are fake fires. I mean, they're fake. They're not true. And isn't that a shame? Because he'd rather be working on health care. He'd rather be working on tax reform, Jim. I mean that. My chief of staff. And I look at him and he's running around. He goes, yesterday, I'm watching Ryan's Priebus, Priebus and he's running around and he's on the phone and he's talking to people. and He's putting out memos and he's basically trying to put out fires. He's trying to put out what Donald Trump called fake fires. There's so many press stories. And, and he said, CNN, it's bad story, negative story after negative story every single day. And somebody at the White House has to answer these these stories, has to answer these allegations. They're demanding answers. So Reince Priebus is that they're working diligently trying to trying to stifle the press uh, inquiries, trying to stifle all this negative activity coming from all of the news networks. And what happens? He can't get any of his work done. And Donald Trump says I, he wants to work on healthcare. He wants to work on all this other stuff. But it, it's it's like this self fulfilling prophecy. Right. Donald Trump gets up there to rant and rave about the bad stories and how he can't get any work done. The press goes out there and complains that Donald Trump's not working because he's ranting and raving. Then Donald Trump has to come up and say, you know what? I'm ranting and raving because you keep up with these negative stories. And they're like, you're more worried about your bad press. And we're going around and around and around in a circle. And it's never, ever going to stop for two reasons. Number one, Donald Trump's not going to give into it. He knows that no one can speak better for him than himself. He's never going to stop. It did, he didn't stop during the campaign and it won him the election. He's not going to stop now that he's president because he, I mean, it's it's the most direct way for him to communicate with the press. And the negative reaction, Shep Smith, I, I didn't have time to pull that one, but Shep Smith went ballistic. Shepard Smith basically accused Donald Trump of stifling First Amendment rights and saying, you're, and so did uh, Chuck Todd. Chuck Todd was on Twitter the whole time I was watching him. He was, I mean, it was, it was crazy how upset and 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 almost i thought he might be crying i thought maybe that's why he wasn't doing video tweets or snapchat i thought that chuck todd might be crying he was talking about how sad it was for democracy and that people were laughing at donald trump and they were laughing at the treatment of the press that without a press a free press which we still have a free press i mean i this is the freest press i think we've had uh, at all uh, and ever before but chuck todd was saying you know it's it's not funny folks Take off your hats for a minute and think about this. Think about what's happening. And what's happening is the, the, the press doesn't understand how to control themselves. They don't understand. They can't control the president and they don't know how to act because they've always been able to control everything in the past. And I want to play for you. Hopefully this audio, hopefully this audio will play. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on today, but there's a, there's another big story that I've been following the past couple of days from a YouTuber named PewDiePie. Do you guys know who PewDiePie is? PewDiePie. Brofist. He's this Swedish guy named Felix. 
And he is the number one most popular YouTuber in the history of the world. Has the most popular YouTube channel in history. 53 million people subscribe to his YouTube channel. Every time he posts a, a, a YouTube video, easily three or four million views within a day. Makes millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. And he started by playing video games. He started by playing video games. PewDiePie would get on YouTube and he'd play video games and he'd put himself in the corner and he'd scream and yell, mostly profanities, while he in this in this funny Swedish accent, and uh, and he would and he just became a sensation. And then after he he started building up this following and he became a superstar in his own right, he kind of moved away from the video games. He still plays them every now and then, but he started doing kind of a vlog style and he started doing comedy routines and he started to do these skits and. You know, they're very boyish. They're very kind of juvenile humor. It's a lot like you're watching a bunch of fraternity dudes trying to make a you know a stupid video when they're when they're stoned or drunk or something. But but it doesn't matter because it worked. And and you know, several years into this, PewDiePie just kept growing and growing his empire. When YouTube created their YouTube Red channel, PewDiePie got a show called Scare PewDiePie. Uh, he was one of the belonged to one of the largest networks owned by Disney owned by the Disney company, belonged to one of the largest YouTube networks, which was another reason he was able to attract so much money and so many viewers, and he he had this amazing popularity. Then, uh, most recently, he was uh, in the Google uh, Preferred Advertising Block, which is a family-friendly advertising block, which if you've ever watched PewDiePie's videos, you know is the dumbest place to have him. Because as long as I can remember, he's never, I mean, he's been playing violent video games where you're blowing people up and he's cursing and screaming and ranting and raving Nothing family-friendly about it. Personally, I love it, but I would never let my kids watch PewDiePie. PewDiePie! Anyway, so the big news, because the Wall Street Journal comes out, and they do, like, basically an an expose on this guy. Recently, uh, they went through and they looked for anti-Semitic references and references to Hitler in all of his videos. Most recently, he did a, a video for uh, about Fiverr, which is a service where you can pay $5 for pretty much any service. And he found these two dudes who live... I don't, I don't even know where, some third world country somewhere. And for five bucks, they would hold up a sign and dance around. And the sign could say anything you wanted. So to test this theory and to see if people really would do anything for money, he sent them five bucks. He sent them a very anti-Semitic statement. And he said, hold this up and send me the video, which they did. And he couldn't believe it. And no one else could believe it. And the Wall Street Journal wrote this huge piece about how how, how PewDiePie is anti-Semitic and a white supremacist, and he wants Hitler to come back. And a lot of it, I feel, was taken out of context. So what happens next? As you can imagine, the Disney company drops him from their network. As you can imagine, YouTube cancels his YouTube Red Show. As you can imagine, Google takes him out of the preferred program. But something else happens. PewDiePie gets a crap ton of free publicity. Not that he needed it, but he gets a crap ton of free publicity. And his numbers continue to go up. And now that he doesn't have to pay a network, every single dollar of ad revenue he gets from YouTube goes directly to him. So the Wall Street Journal, in trying to take him down or expose him for being something that he's not or attack him for whatever reason, now they've made him more popular and more powerful and richer. And does this not sound like a similar story? Does this the plot line not mirror something that we've all been following for the past two years? It sounds a lot like who? That's it. The media constantly attacks, tries to tear him down, tries to paint him as a as a as a as a racist and an anti-Semite, and he just becomes more powerful, more popular, and richer. Wait a minute. 
wait a minute. I know who that is. I look PewDiePie. Yes. Listen to the, I want you to hear PewDiePie talk about the media. He put out a, finally a video answer yesterday. And here's what PewDiePie said about the media. Old school media does not like internet personalities because they're scared of us. We have so much influence and such a large voice and I don't think they understand it and that's why they keep this approach to us. I love that term, by the way, old school media. Old school media. I love that term. Hopefully you guys heard that. Did you guys hear that? Yay, sound, fantastic. Uh, I, I love the term. Everyone's been calling a mainstream media. You know, uh, Rush calls them the drive-by media. I started calling them yesterday the, uh, the uh, uh, MS Empire Strikes Back because they reminded me of Darth Vader and the Death Star. But I like old school media is, I think, so much more appropriate because PewDiePie, PewDiePie is, uh, is part of the new school media. He is, he is self-made. He's on the internet. He has a huge following. And the media is jealous of it and they don't understand it. And boy, does that not sound like somebody else we know. Somebody else who has a Twitter account which reaches into millions of people's heads whenever he wants it to. Does that not sound like a parallel to Donald Trump, who has this huge following on the internet, who goes out to these rallies with massive, massive amounts of people showing up, showing it from all over the country. He's doing another one in Melbourne. The guy already won, and he's he's going back on the road as president to do a rally in Melbourne, Florida, this weekend. He hasn't forgotten that he's got to keep his audience... Uh, entertained. He's got to keep feeding the beast, much like PewDiePie does. Donald Trump is the PewDiePie of politics, and PewDiePie is the Donald Trump of YouTube. I mean, it is uncanny. Listen to this. This is another thing he said about the mainstream media, and it could. this could be a Donald Trump quote. If there's anything I learned about the media f- from being a public figure is how they blatantly misrepresent people for their own personal gain, even viciously attack people just to further themselves. I mean, it, without the accent, it could be Donald Trump. By the way, both Donald Trump and PewDiePie have very interesting hair. So I think that's another call. I mean, they're like the, it's like they're separated from birth. And they're both exactly right on the money here. Because when, when you look at the media, CNN and MSNBC and the Washington Post, when you look at them as a business, they are competing. They're competing with everybody else. They're competing for your time. Right now, you're watching me on Facebook. You're not watching them. Right now, you're listening to my podcast. You're not listening to them. And as a result, they're getting competition from all over, not just other news sources, but anyone with a, with a, with a camera and an internet connection. And PewDiePie has reached a pinnacle, an epic proportion, 53 million people. 53 million subscribers. No media outlet in the entire world has that many subscribers on on any of their channels combined. This guy's got power and influence. That's they're called in, in on the internet they're called influencers. They're not called broadcasters, they're not called anchors, they're not called even personalities. They're called influencers. And that's the real reason people hate talk radio and have forever too because talk radio is the original social media. Talk radio is the original original social media. On social media, like Facebook or Twitter or Snapchat or Instagram or whatever, you can post a comment, you can record a video, you can draw a picture, you can take a picture, whatever, you can put it up there. You can make your thoughts known and people can comment instantly. They can comment, they can text you, they can instantly say, here's what I think. I agree or disagree with you. I think you're full of it. I think you're right on the money. 
It happens every day. And no other medium is like that. You can't call a TV station in the middle of Jake Tapper's uh, rant about Donald Trump. You can't call CNN and say, hey, put me on. I want to talk to Jake Tapper. You can't just call the newspaper and say, get a pen. I'm dictating to you a story that I want you to print tomorrow. You can't do that. But with radio, you've always been able to listen to the comments of the host, listen to the comments of the guest, listen to the new, whatever it is, Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, uh, my good friend, Herman Cain. I found out, by the way, that Dana Lash uh, is going to be at, at CPAC next week. And so she's asked me to fill in on Thursday. Dana Lash is another great example. Glenn Beck, for decades, talk radio has been the original interactive social media. You hear a comment, you pick up the phone, and you are on the air and you are responding to the person that made that comment directly. That's why so many radio people like myself, excel in this format. And man, and PewDiePie knows it, and Donald Trump knows it, and the media knows it, and that's why they're so angry. Because, because these people are eating into their platform. The information is they no longer control it. Media, their job is to tell stories. News media's job is to tell real stories, truthful stories, factual stories. But what happens is you've now got storytellers all over the place. You've got them on Instagram and YouTube. You've got them on whatever new uh, platform is going to, you now, you know, whatever's going to, Periscope. You've got people telling stories everywhere. You've got to compete. And the only way you can compete is by making the story more interesting. Even if it's not, there's nothing interesting about General Flynn and his conversations with the Russians or the information that he's leaving out when he talks to the vice president. So what do you have to do? You have to make it more interesting. You have to make it salacious. You have to figure out a way to make that headline something someone's going to want to click on so that you can continue, continue to control the story. And some Swedish video gamer with a camera and, and, a, D, and, you know, and a DSL line or a high-speed modem isn't going to take all of your customers away. That's kind of where we are today. That's why this press conference yesterday, this press conference yesterday, by the way, I mean, whether it, you may think it was ridiculous. You may think it was great. You may think it was uh, uh, scary. You may think it was scary good. By the way, whatever you think, you can give me a buzz, 844-436-6275, and let me know. But the fact of the matter is, it was good for the press. Because usually what happens with a press conference is people watch it, they turn off the TV, and they go away. Not this time. Not this time. I watched the press conference. And then I sat for another hour flipping channels, watching everyone's reaction to it. CNN, MSNBC, Fox News. I went to some of the local stations to gauge reaction. I've been so excited to see how people are responding to it. Donald Trump is giving the press more product every single day. So like it or not, they are thriving from it. And in fact, Jeff Zucker... Jeff Zucker, in front of all his financial people yesterday, right after the uh, the press conference, said, we are stronger than ever. We've lost no advertising, despite the fact that Donald Trump keeps uh, keeps attacking us every single day, keeps calling us fake news every single day. Despite all that, our viewership is growing. We're making money. That's great news. That is great news. And it's because of the free plugs. It's because of all the free plugs you're getting on every network from the president of the United States. I mean, I'm telling you, there's there's a reason CNN's doing well. And it's because they're getting mentioned in the news all the time. There's a reason PewDiePie lost his advertising platform, lost his YouTube show, and continues to grow his YouTube channel and his income. 
It's because of all the free publicity. Fake news or not, everybody's a winner in this game. At least that's that's you know that that's how I see it. That's not my opinion. That's uh, that's just the facts as I see them. Uh, also, a fact that I see is uh, this morning when I woke up after the press conference, a an influx of orders and interest in this particular design that uh, we came up with the first time Donald Trump called out Jimmy Costa the "UR Fake News" T-shirt. So this broadcast will be brought to you by the UR fake news tea. Uh, you can find it. I'll put up the link. Um, you know what? I'll put up the link in the comments right now. So if you're interested in grabbing one, I woke up this morning and I don't know how people found it, but I'll tell you, they found it. All right. They found it. All right. And it was, uh, it was, it was a nice surprise to wake up to see so many people jumping on that bandwagon again, because, because, because of the press conference yesterday, I should probably send Donald Trump a thank you card. All right, listen, that's it for today, man. We covered a lot of stuff and I appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate, I appreciate you watching too. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Um, I'm not going, a, a couple people have called me and said, Hey, are you going to be going to the, to the Melbourne uh, Donald Trump rally. I will not. Tomorrow, my son is playing. Uh, I, I, I coach his uh, flag football team. We have our final game of the season. And if we win, if we win, uh, we go to the championship. So we're very excited about that. I got to be there for that. Um, otherwise, otherwise, I'd, I'd get in the car and I'd go. But I will be back on Monday and we will definitely be talking about that. Rest assured. Rest assured. Uh, thanks so much for watching. Like I said, thanks for being on the page. Share this. Too. It's not. Too, it's never too late to share. You can always share. Sharing is caring, and have a great weekend. Uh, my name is Mark Hale. Talk to you soon. Love you. Bye.